Hi guys, you're all invited to the documentary Bizarre Stories in Aviation History. This episode featured an interview with Beta, a 60-year-old witness to a plane hijacking. And now, based on her account, I'd like to share this one-of-a-kind story with all of you. So, let's have a look. Beta is my name, and I am 90 years old. The incident occurred 60 years ago. I was just 27 years old at the time, and I was working for Northwest Airlines as the lead flight attendant. The company was not developed at the time, and security was not as good as it is now. On a typical working day, I collided with a man wearing a black trench coat and carrying a black suitcase as I passed through the passenger waiting area with my pals. That look wasn't out of the ordinary at the time, because all business people flew for their business travels. I apologized and promptly forgot about it. I entered my position to prepare for the flight. I had no idea that man would be the cause of the flight's demise. Nearly 100 people boarded the Boeing 727. Unfortunately, there were quite a few empty seats because it was the holiday season. It would be a pleasant <laughs> journey for me, I pondered. The flight was only one hour long from Portland to Seattle. I had to walk down the aisle as usual to inspect every single passenger. Instead, I concentrated on the man with whom I had a heated exchange in the waiting room. He sat alone at the far end of the jet, concealed from view, still clutching the black luggage with a chilly, strange expression on his face. Please put your suitcase in the suitcase area for additional comfort throughout the journey, I remarked calmly. He gave me a chilly look and nodded. After that, the captain announced the flight, and the plane took off shortly after. I sat in the flight attendant's seat and watched the rest of the passengers. Suddenly, the man with whom I encountered handed me a note. I got up and performed my job. Please return to your seat and fasten your seatbelt. You may be in danger since the plane has not yet achieved a stable altitude. He muttered to my ears before returning to his seat. You should read the note. I was taken aback and had the impression that this man was carrying something unusual. He felt compelled to act. I quickly opened the note, which read, Lady, I'm bringing a bomb with me. If you don't want to burst, you'd better pay attention to what I'm saying. I was startled, but soon recovered my composure. I approached him with caution, and he motioned to an empty seat next to him and told me to have a seat. He opened the bag and showed me a bomb wrapped in blue and red rope inside. I was nervous, but a flight attendant's job was to remain calm. So he looked at me and said softly, Tell the airline that I want $200,000, divided into four medium backpacks. Otherwise, I'll let this bomb go off. In silence, I listened to what he said. The passengers were completely unaware of what had occurred. Yes, it was my obligation to keep this a secret for the duration of the flight so that no one would be alarmed. Everything happened in a matter of seconds. First... The captain informed me that all of the man's requests had been granted and that the money would be given to him when we arrived in Seattle. After hearing the message, the man made a friendly gesture and said, You'd be better off staying put and waiting for the plane to land. When I got a closer look at this individual, I noticed that he was a gentleman who didn't have the appearance of a thief. Suddenly, a scream erupted from the seat above. As was my custom, I rushed to the seat and noticed a mother putting a boy on the ground. She remarked panically, My son had a heart attack and I can't find his medicine. Everyone was looking for the medicine, but no one found it. 
I assisted her with a few skills I had learned so that the boy would be in a stable condition while everyone was searching for the medicine. The hijacker appeared out of nowhere and placed a pill in his mouth, telling him to swallow it. The boy consumed the medicine and began to feel better while I was still terrified. He had given the boy aspirin, a medication that helps with heart problems. However, it only helped him for a short time. Later, his breathing weakened and he needed to be taken to the hospital as quickly as possible. I used the oxygen mask to try to keep his breathing steady. Each of these masks can be maintained for 15 minutes. He still had to go to the hospital, though. The mask was just a temporary solution. The plane had only taken off for 15 minutes and everything happened far too quickly with such little time. I called the captain and informed him of the boy's situation. The hijacker removed his glasses, looked at me, and then put them back on. But I didn't care about him anymore. I needed to save the boy. We needed to land fast, according to the captain, to get him to the nearest hospital. The captain also wanted to meet and speak with the hijacker. I relayed the message to the hijacker, but he was unresponsive. He sat quietly, glanced at me, and caressed the suitcase as if about to activate the bomb. I was scared and took a backward step. After that, I tripped over something. I knelt and took it. It was a necklace with a photograph attached to it showing a joyful kid with the caption, Harry, 4-5-1965-2-8-10-1969. You'll always be in my heart. The hijacker was furious and snatched the necklace back. With the threat of a bomb in the suitcase, he asked me to take him to the captain. Before the captain could say anything, he demanded the captain to fly back to Portland or else the bomb would blow. That would have an impact on the planned route and was also perilous. Fortunately, because it being Easter vacation, there weren't many planes. The captain decided to turn the plane around and land at Portland International Airport. It took only 20 minutes to get there. I realized it was just the time needed to save the boy. The man abruptly removed his trench coat as the plane returned to Portland. He had four parachutes on his body, two in front and two behind him, and walked to the emergency exit, opened it, and leaped out. Even more shocking was that he only had his suitcase with him and had left all of the money he had requested. What had just occurred? Finally, the boy was rescued. After hearing about the case, the police searched for the hijacker but found nothing. Nobody knows if he's still living or whether he's already passed away. Years have passed, and the case is still unsolved. Why would a hijacker put saving a baby's life more important than his hijacking? It's been 60 years. Miss Betta, like everyone else on that plane, has a lot of questions. But no one has an answer. Is it possible that the hijacker still has some humanity? So, how about you? What are your thoughts on the hijacker and this incident?